2: Hi everyone! If you enjoy the show, join our free Discord, link in the description, and chat with the cast. Please leave a review and consider joining our Patreon for behind-the-scenes content and more. Tiers start at a dollar, and even that helps us out. To stay up-to-date with episode releases and more, follow us on Twitter at Podcast. Good evening, Rifters! This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast where we go through the many 5e books and talk about various rules to enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Remy, Dungeon Master and a player on the Riftwake podcast. I'm Mitch, a player on Riftwake and a D&D enthusiast. And today's topic is calendar. Why would you want to have a calendar for running a D&D game? Uh, to keep track of events and help your storytelling, obviously
3: yeah is it something
2: that you can get by without though Uh,
3: you can but yeah so this is
2: definitely an optional thing but damn does it make your life easier if you do consider it and make use of one and uh, before I go uh, too far deep into the how I like to do things how much do you think is actually written in the books on the topic uh I mean, I would think it's pretty useful, so probably not a whole lot. (laughs) Uh, To be honest, you're half right. It has like mentions here and there, but pretty often. So it's just mentioned, like, hey, a calendar would be a good idea, but without too much information in any one place. It's mentioned
3: in the Dungeon Master's Guide, Eberron Rising from the Last War, Wayfinder's Guide to Eberron. Um, lost my track Mythic Odysseys of Theros Sword Post Adventures It's in a lot of books it's Adventures Guide to Theria Yeah uh, But in the Dungeon Master's Guide They give ab- About two pages But it's a good start but they really
2: don't mention a lot just like yes a calendar lets you track the passage of time you know and then it just mentions that it doesn't have to make use of like a modern calendar like exactly what your calendar is can be whatever you want it to be if you want to just use our calendar and it just is that you don't rename anything you can do that, and that's fine. If you want to just make use of our calendar, but just like rename like the, the days of the week or rename the months, you can do that. If you want to actually come up with your own calendar that is a different amount of time for a year, you can also do that, and that's fine. There is no one way that you have to do it. Uh, I would suggest, though, to not make an overly complicated calendar. Like, I personally am just not actually a big fan of our real world calendar. I don't like having 28 to 31 day months. I'd rather just have it be more tidy. So for my own world, what I ended up doing was to make a calendar of uh, six seven day weeks for a 42 day month and then eight months a year and it's just two months per season and then in a high magic world it actually is the seasons are just specifically the two months like no you know groundhog day you know bullshit of extra winter or anything like that the seasons are the seasons are the months now what is kind of interesting just to me to consider with that though is that by making eight 42 day months that means that a single year is only 336 days so it's actually a shorter year so of course me being me i also then just put the thought in so okay wait so that means that like someone who's 18 in my world is actually a good bit younger than that would seem to indicate. So someone who's 18 would actually only be about 16 and a half by our calendar. So to counter that, you know, I made the choice that, okay, so adulthood in my world is at 20 instead of 18. And that balanced things out a lot better. And just the fact that it's a nice, you know, round number of 20 also just does appeal to my overly logical mind. But the influence of a shorter or longer calendar on age honestly is something that DMs should consider, but usually don't. It's just like, what is adulthood in your world? But honestly, that's a whole separate topic entirely. But regarding the actual calendar, what
3: is the things that might be on a calendar months well yes (laughs) days yes special dates yeah holidays and anniversaries this is one of those things that
2: is deceptively difficult in my personal opinion it is Definitely true that there's going to be people whose just mind is better suited to coming up with holidays and such than I am. But just for me personally, that is just a bit of a struggle, just because holidays tend to not be logical things. That's just not what I'm attuned to. (laughs) But anyway, how busy or difficult you make your calendar is up to you as a dungeon master or just as a world builder so if you want to make you know a simple calendar or if you want to make a complicated one if you want to come up with you know minor holidays and festivals for every single goddamn day of the year you can do that but damn would that be a lot of work but you can like that's one of the few areas in which i didn't go that far but at the same time it is a good idea to have some events and even if you keep it simple to like, you know, solstices, maybe like, you know, city, you know, founding anniversaries, like a July 4th type of situation. Like having a handful of big holidays can be enough, because then as you're playing the game, every so often there might just be, have that come up as relevant. Like, yes, it is this holiday holiday you know, this is a time for, I don't know, devotion to this particular god, or, you know, this city has this big event, so you want to try to get to that city before, so you want to try to, you know, hurry through whatever your current adventure is, because you want to, you know, be home for the holidays. There's a lot of different storytelling angles that do appear just from the existence of a calendar and some holidays. So... That really is something that Dungeon Masters should make use of, because in
3: most games that you've played, Mitch, how often like do you even know what season it is? I was muted. Uh, I don't know. I mean, most of the time it's uh,
2: Riftwake, so I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I know we're at the start of the school year. <laughs> yeah but we don't know when that is really like is is it you know the start of the calendar year is it you know the equivalent of september like when things happen is something that dungeon masters should have some idea of and to have an idea of how much time is passing between because something that is a relatively common situation in D is that you're going back to back to back for all of these just dangerous you know adventures that your characters go on the thing is people aren't necessarily built to really be able to do that like you should have more downtime between adventures and most dms myself included to be honest struggle with that the idea of Planning out, like, okay, so there's these, you know, situations in the world, and yeah, there might be some, like, big dangerous events on a timer, but it shouldn't necessarily be a constant rush and constantly busy, constantly in danger, back to back to back with no cooldown time. Like, that's generally a bad thing just for people. And most of the time, like, I know D&D is escapist fantasy, so you don't want to consider anything like PTSD or anything like that. But, I mean, that is a thing, and that is something that a dungeon master could choose to focus on, or could choose to ask about, or characters could choose to do. But again, we prefer escapist fantasy.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place.
2: So honestly, just incorporating in more downtime or just more, you know, beach episodes, more fun things between the dangerous things is a way that could just allow you to kind of hand wave that aside. If you do want to make the conscious choice to not focus on such things, because, again, escape is fantasy. I want to just have the powerful, fun side of that type of life. I don't want to consider
3: the terrible consequences of being in constant danger. But regardless of all that, there are resources
2: just in the books that do give a lot of examples on how you might go about making use of a calendar. And, you know, just to flip to the Eberron one. Uh, They mentioned that their calendar is 24 hours a day, you know, divided into day and night, seven days a week, four weeks a month, and 12 months in a year. So Eberron also is canonically going to be a little bit shorter a year than ours here on Earth,
3: because they have 12 28-day months. So that is, th- wait, that's 336 also. So that is the exact same duration as mine, just with different division
2: of months. <laughs> I hadn't even realized that. I have the same number of days as the Eberron calendar. That's neat. Copyright infringement. <laughs> just to have the same number of days on a calendar. <laughs> Copyrighted days.
3: <laughs> uh, Yeah, someday someone. That's pretty nifty. I honestly hadn't even
2: realized that. That makes me weirdly happy. I do really like Eberron. But anyway, the point, though, is that there are all of these different books that you can just look through for ideas of calendars. I mean, you can look at different real-world calendars because there is, like, the Mayan calendar, the Jewish calendar. Like, there are different calendars in the world that you can just take a look at to get inspired of how you want to do things. But uh, going away from the mechanics of a calendar, uh, I do want to go back a bit to talk more about the why. So I mentioned that it does just make keeping track of things easier. And that is definitely true. But can you think of any other situations where it's a good thing to keep track of just the passage of time. Yeah, you know, like anytime you watch like TV or whatever, it's like, oh yeah, we gotta do this ritual on the new moon. And you know mm-hmm. how what makes it easy to track a new moon? Can't By understand. knowing when the new moon is. Or actually speaking of moon, a great example, werewolves. If you just have a tracker of just when the full moons are in your world, just keep track of that passage of time as well, just on the monthly calendars. To just know, OK, instead of just having a random werewolf encounter, you can make the choice of have there be like the full moon and to just tell the players and are people in a D&D world going to be more cautious on the night of the full moon? Like, is there a tradition like in the country that you're in? That, like, yeah, werewolves are a problem, so you don't go out on the night of the full moon, and anyone who is out on the night of the full moon is very much a person, like, to be suspected. Like, that would be a kind of interesting flavor to a place of, like, yeah, werewolves exist, they suck. So we want to make goddamn sure that people are safe. So you simply do not conduct business on the night of the full moon. Like, I, that I is just kind a of time imagining to be it more inside. like uh, more like, oh, yeah, uh, full moon Friday. Stay away from Jerry's house. Maybe like, yeah, there might be a place where like there are just known werewolves that do take precautions to not, you know, just. Accidentally go feral. And to be fair, that also can make difference just depending on how werewolves work in your world. Like, is it the more Earth like, you know, they just turn on the full moon with no control and are feral beasts? Is it like the more D&D oriented where it just turns a person's alignment to chaotic evil and then they will just keep their mind, but just be evil? Uh, I'm honestly not as big a fan of that because I hate forced alignment changes I hate alignment in general, really, but especially things like that. But it really does help to just know when the full moons are, know when, you know, a new moon is, a blue moon. Like, to have some idea of, you know, big events that might influence the world or might influence magic, it makes it a lot easier to track if you know when that is. Also, like, let's say you do have, like, some kind of big bad that is trying to conduct a ritual on the winter solstice. Well, then, if you know when that is, then that can create that kind of ticking clock pressure for the party, which is honestly something debatable because there definitely are parties that don't do well under that time of ticking clock or that do just not like that type of pressure. So, you know, your mileage may vary on whether that is a good thing for you to do for your game. But in general, that is an effective method of doing that. If you just know when the solstices are to just know, okay, yeah, you can do certain magic shit, you know, easier or just only on those days. So that just gives options to you as a storyteller and it creates flavor to your world.
3: So the other thing that just definitely needs to be brought up the purpose just the basic purpose
2: of a calendar is to make it easier to track the passage of time so whether that is okay yeah uh it was a couple of weeks ago that we you know fought that guy or you know visited that city it it's a kind of cool memento at the end of a campaign if you do keep a detailed calendar that just when the campaign is done, that you can then sh- either share it with the players, or just make some player in your campaign be the one responsible for keeping track of things to just make it not something that you as the DM need to do, and then it's just kind of neat. Like oh yeah, we met that NPC that day, and oh yeah, you know we killed the beholder, you know that other time, and it's just a really cool thing to have. At the end of a camp, or just during a campaign, to just look back and see, like, wow, we really have done a lot of things. Like, yeah, like, we might feel like we've been playing for a while, but it is a really fucking cool thing to be able to just look at a document and just see the things you've done, to see just the goals and missions that you've accomplished. It, I don't know, it just can make you feel all warm and fuzzy, and it's just a really nice thing. But even aside from that, from the DM perspective, it also can make tracking a lot easier because if you know, okay, it takes 12 days to walk from here to there, then you just have 12 days pass. You might have the players just, you know, talk just have a conversation about just things that they do or talk about, you know, along the journey. Like there's a lot that you can do to just create downtime to create the passage of time just to show that even though it is not uncommon i'm not a big fan of the idea that characters can go from level one to level 20 in one calendar year so by making use of a calendar that lets you just kind of push more to have there be weeks of downtime, there might be months that pass between adventures. And it really is something that dungeon masters and players should just kind of focus more on is the idea of time passes. Like most people don't have one super long adventurous year and then never do anything again. That's just not how people work. So making use of a calendar allows you to track your world building, track your campaign. I mean, hell, you can track holidays, you can track birthdays. There's a lot that you can do by making use of a calendar. And if you do just make one for your world, it really does just add value to your D&D game. Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash to your start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to a monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on riffs and Rules topics. Find us on social media on Twitter at riftwakepodcast, on Facebook as Riftwake, and you can send us an email, rules at gmail.com. That's a A-N-D, rules at gmail.com.